Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on Inside Politics, you have blood on your hands. That's what one GOP senator told tech CEOs like Mark Zuckerberg. A Democratic senator told them that they, quote, suck at self-policing. This is a grilling happening as we speak before a Senate committee. Parents are in the audience who blame, some of them blame their children's suicide, others exploitation on social media, on the people testifying. We are monitoring this hearing. We will go back to it in a moment. But first, we are also standing by on this very busy day on Capitol Hill for Mike Johnson to give his first floor speech as House Speaker as he vows to follow Donald Trump's lead and oppose the most substantial bipartisan border deal package that we have seen in decades on Capitol Hill. Before we get to the speaker, I want to go straight to Manu Raju, who has uh, some new reporting on what has been going on behind the scenes with regard to that border deal. Manu, tell us what you're hearing. Yeah, Senate Republican leaders are still trying to decide right now about whether they should actually go forward with that bipartisan border deal amid opposition from the Speaker of the House, which we'll hear in a matter of moments, as well as opposition from former President Donald Trump. Today at the Republican lunch, behind closed doors, they are expected to debate whether to proceed with this effort or whether to abandon it altogether amid sharp divisions within the ranks. And frustration is mounting. I talked to a number of key Republicans, including the top Republican negotiator on the Senate side about this, and they say this bill has been mischaracterized, and they're pushing back on the former president who calls this a betrayal. James Langford, for one, made made it clear. He said this is not a betrayal. That's what Trump said to his supporters over the weekend. One other Republican senator, Bill Cassidy, said that the president is essentially being, quote, ignorant, the former president being, quote, ignorant by simply criticizing this deal without even seeing any of the text of it. Remember, this deal has actually not been released yet, but it has been pummeled by the right. It's been pummeled by former speaker, by the current speaker, Mike Johnson, who contend that it would do far too little to restrict border crossings, even as the the negotiators themselves say it would go much further than what the situation is currently. But those are the dividing lines, but also raising major concerns about whether anything can get done, Dana. Okay, Manu, stand by. I want to get to our colleague, Lauren Fox, who is also on Capitol Hill. Lauren, I know you have some new reporting about Democrats and how they are trying to seize on the Republicans trying to scuttle a bipartisan deal. Obviously, the whole point here uh, that maybe is going unsaid, and we should say explicitly, is that immigration and the crisis at the border has been a winning issue politically 
for Republicans, and now Democrats are going to try to turn that on its head if this if this bill is scuttled or even if it's not. What are you hearing? Yeah, I mean, the liability has always been for Democrats on this issue of the southern border. And it's really unimaginable three months ago that this was the moment Democrats would find themselves in. But they say right now they feel like they can use this issue against Republicans. And I think my understanding is that you have talked to some Democrats about their strategy, Lauren. What is it? Yeah, what are exactly. They I mean, one of the things that you're starting to see, Dana, is the fact that Democrats on the campaign trail are starting to talk about the border in a much more forceful way, including Tom Suozzi, who's running for his seat back in uh, the special election in New York to replace George Santos. He actually showed up at a press conference his Republican opponent was holding where she was going after uh, the president on the border. And he waited till they were done then got up and basically said, all right, it's my turn. I'm going to lay out for you what I think is a good border policy proposal. It just shows you that Democrats who maybe wouldn't have wanted to talk about this issue in the past feel like they are in a prime moment, given the fact that they feel like Republicans are backing off of the best opportunity that they've had to get a bipartisan solution on the border in decades. And I think that that message is something that you are hearing from the president. It's something you are hearing from Democrats who are running in red states in the Senate. And it's something that they plan to continue to use and Republicans are acknowledging could be a liability for them because there is absolutely no change. Thank you so much, Lauren. We are waiting for uh, the House Speaker to begin uh, his speech. They are doing the pledge and the opening prayer as they open uh, the, the floor of the United States House of Representatives as we wait for the Speaker to give his maiden uh, speech on the House floor. I want to bring it around the table here. I mean, the reporting that we just heard from our colleagues, from Manu and from Lauren, starting with Manu, talking about as we speak, there is a meeting, never mind what is happening in the House, although they are related, there's a meeting in the Senate to see if the opposition is so great in the House, whether that is going to uh, make it impossible to get the 60 votes needed for this bipartisan deal to even pass the Senate, where they had uh, the Republicans and the Democrats come together, and they clearly are the ones who were involved on the GOP side, expressing a lot of frustration with the former president, Donald Trump. That's right. And, and listen, they are feeling the heat from their fellow Republicans in some of these uh, states, Langford uh, being one of them. You had Lindsey Graham come out and uh, tell his fellow Republicans that there is not going to be a better deal than this that they could expect, even if Donald Trump was president. Uh, but they are listening to the president and not to uh, to, to their fellow Republicans in, in the Senate. You know, listen, the politics of this are very tough for Biden. Sorry to interrupt yeah, no, you. Go We're going to keep talking about this, but uh, it is a very busy day on Capitol Hill. Going to go back Last to the hearing days. where Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, is questioning Mark Zuckerberg. In the last seven days. Now, I know you're familiar with these stats because he sent you an email where he lined it all out. I mean, we've got a copy of it right here. My question is, who did you fire for this? Who got fired because of that? Senator, we study all of this because it's important and we want to improve our services. Well, you just told and me a second ago you studied it, but that there was no linkage. Who Senator, did you fire? You, yeah, I said you mischaracterized. 37% of teenage girls between 13 and 15 were exposed to unwanted nudity in a week on Instagram. You knew about it. Who did you fire? Senator, this is why we're building all Who these did you fire? tools. Senator, that's, I don't think that that's... Who did you fire? Uh, I'm not going to answer that. Because um, <laughs> I mean, you didn't is, fire anybody. Right. 
You didn't take so any I, significant I, I don't action. Think it's appropriate to talk about, it, it, like, it's not appropriate. Decisions. Do you know who's like sitting that? behind you? You've got families from across the nation whose children are either severely harmed or gone, and you don't think it's appropriate to take a, talk about steps that you took? The fact that you didn't fire a single person. To, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Have you compensated any of the victims? Sorry? Have you compensated any of the victims? I, These I, girls, have you compensated them? I don't believe so. You, why not? Don't you think they deserve some compensation for what your platform has done? Help Senator, with counseling services? Help with dealing with the issues that your your services cause? Our, our job is to make sure that we build tools to help keep people safe. Are you going to compensate them? Senator, our job and what we take seriously is making sure that we build industry-leading tools to find harmful to content, make money. to take it off the services, uh, to make money, and to build tools that empower parents. So you didn't take any people. action. You didn't that's take any true, action. Senator. You didn't fire anybody. You haven't that's compensated a that's single not, victim. Let me I ask said. you this. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? I, Would I'm, you like to do so now? Well, They're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? And this is why we invested so much and are going to continue doing industry leading efforts to, uh, to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have had to suffer. You know, why, Mr. Zuckerberg, why should your company not be sued for this? Why is it that you can claim, you hide behind a liability shield, you can't be held accountable? Shouldn't you be held accountable personally? Will you take personal responsibility? Senator, I, I think I've already answered this. I mean, this is, these well, are try this again. Will you take personal responsibility? Senator, I view my job and the job of our company as building the best tools that we can to keep our community safe. Well, you're failing at that. Well, Senator, we're doing an industry-leading effort. We build AI oh, tools nonsense. that... Oh, nonsense. Your product is killing people. Will you personally commit to compensating the victims? You're a billionaire. Will you commit to compensating the victims? Will you set up a compensation fund Senator, with your money? Senator, I think these are... These are with your money. Senator, these are complicated yes, that, issues. No, that, that's not a complicated I, I, question, though. That's Senator, a yes or no. Will you set up a victim's compensation fund with your money, the money you made on these families sitting behind you? Yes or no? Senator, I don't think that that's uh, my job is to Sounds make sure like a no. good tools. My, my job like is no. to make sure that we your job is to be responsible for what your company has done. You've made billions of dollars on the people sitting behind them. Are you here? You've done nothing to help them. You've done nothing to compensate them. You've done nothing to put it right. You could do so here today, and you should. You should, Mr. Zuckerberg. Before my time expires, Mr. Chu, let me just ask you your platform. Why should your platform not be banned in the United States of America? You are owned by a Chinese communist company or a company based in China. The editor-in-chief of your parent company is a Communist Party secretary. Your company has been surveilling Americans for years. According to leaked audio from more than 80 internal TikTok meetings, China-based employees of your company have repeatedly accessed non-public data of United States citizens. Your company has tracked journalists improperly gaining access to their IP addresses, user data, in an attempt to identify whether they're writing negative stories about you. 
Why should your, your platform is basically an espionage arm for the Chinese Communist Party? Why should you not be banned in the United States of America? Senator, I disagree with your characterization. Many of what you have said, we have explained in a lot of detail. TikTok is, is used by 170 million Americans. I know, and every love. single one of those Americans are in danger from the fact that you track their keystrokes, you track their app usage, you track their location data, and we know that all of that information can be accessed by Chinese employees who are subject to the diktats of the Chinese Communist Party. That, that why, not, why should you not be banned in this, in this country? Uh, Senator, that is not accurate. A, a lot of what you describe we collect, we don't. It and is 100% accurate. Do you deny that repeatedly Americans' data has been accessed by ByteDance employees in China? We built a project that you know, cost us billions of dollars to stop that, and we have made a lot of progress. And it I hasn't think. been stopped. According to the Wall Street Journal report from just yesterday, even now, ByteDance workers, without going through official channels, have access to the private information of American citizens. I'm quoting from the article, private information of American citizens, including their birth date, their IP address, and more. That's now. Senator, as we know, the media doesn't always get it right. What, what we have... What we have, uh, but the Chinese what, Communist Party does? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that we have, been, we have spent billions of dollars to build this project. It's rigorous, it's robust, it's unprecedented, and I'm proud of the work that the 2,000 employees are doing to protect the data. It's, it, but it's not, it's not protected. That's the problem, Mr. Chu. It's not protected at all. It's subject to Communist Chinese Party inspection and review. Your app, unlike anybody else sitting here, and, and heaven knows I've got problems with everybody here, but your app, unlike any of those, is subject to the control and inspection of a foreign hostile government that has actively trying to track the information of whereabouts of every American that they get their hands on. Your app ought to be banned in the United States of America for the security of this country. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Senator Hirono. As we uh, continue to listen to this hearing, we just have to say, wow, uh, what we all just saw live on television is going to be a moment for the ages when uh, we just saw Senator Josh Hawley ask Mark Zuckerberg if he had apologized to the families, many of whom are there in the audience, an audience that the chair of this committee, Dick Durbin, said earlier was the biggest that he has seen in his 22 years on the Judiciary Committee. And then Mark Zuckerberg stood up, turned around, and spoke to the families. He was off mic, so we don't know exactly what he said. I, I know that we're trying to get uh, some audible uh, tape of exactly what he said, but that moment is something that I believe that we are going to be looking back on and talking about for quite some time. Um, we have, I have my panel here. Uh, happens to be four moms. And, you know, obviously this is inside politics. This is a Washington uh, hearing. But one of the reasons that people are so incredibly uh, animated about this, passionate, angry about this, is because of what this means for children. The fact that there are people in the audience there on Capitol Hill who lost their children. They very much believe because the social media companies were not properly regulated. They're not self-regulated. And we should say that the United States Congress also has not done anything to update the existing legislation, which was not written in a way to deal with the technology that we have right now.
Yeah, the technology that exists right now was not there when that legislation was written. Mm -hmm. uh, this is not the first hearing that Congress has held. Um, there has been a, a slow and then very fast evolution about how Congress has reacted to the social media companies. There was a time when they were, they had a halo and that halo is gone, cracked on the floor. Um, and at this point though, the, the challenge is, you know, well, not a challenge. For once, there's something that there is bipartisan agreement on. They are deeply worried, these members of Congress are deeply worried about what social media is doing to the fabric of society, and in particular, what it's doing to children. Um, but they haven't figured out a way to actually do something beyond these, these sort of public shamings. Kylie. Yeah, I also think it's, it's very clear that Zuckerberg is on his heels here. And what he said to the committee there was that it's, it's their job to build tools to help parents. But what he's not saying is what he agrees those tools should be. Um, you know, basically, he's put the onus on the app stores trying to point to Google or Apple. But he really hasn't owned responsibility for Meta or for Facebook when he was asked, you know, if they would compensate the families of these children who have been harmed due to this awful content on his platform, he wouldn't give an answer to that question. We're going to sneak in a quick break, break but Nia, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, we were talking about the idea that we're moms. I have a three-year-old, and I sort of just hope and pray that these social media platforms uh, aren't around, right, when my daughter is of age. They are very harmful, especially to girls. I think that's been the focus, but also to, to young boys who look on there and sort of look at different images and think that they have to live up to those images. So it's an important hearing. We'll see if anything's As we go to break, I just want to quote the great Kara Swisher, who knows more about this topic than anybody on the planet. She just put on X. Huge public disaster for tech here, though Lindsey Graham and the rest of the Pauls will do zip of substance to stop them. That is very important reality check there. We're going to take a quick break. Be back in a moment. This podcast is supported by Sleep Number. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores? Sleep Number does that. Only Sleep Number smart beds let you each choose your ideal comfort and support. Your Sleep Number setting. Sleep Number smart beds learn how you sleep and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. All Sleep Number smart beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. Temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back. We're going to get straight back to Capitol Hill and House Speaker Mike Johnson. Parenting and, and controls, I think that that's like... Families apart. Victoria McCauley from Baton Rouge was only 29 years old when she lost her life to fentanyl. 
She was buried by her parents, leaving behind her brother and her sister and her young son. Alex Stenson is another victim. Like Victoria, he was from Baton Rouge. And sadly, also like Victoria, he died from fentanyl poisoning before his 30th birthday, leaving behind a heartbroken mom and dad and sister. Near Slidell, Louisiana, just last week, a precious two-year-old child was found dead in her home with fentanyl in her system. Moms and dads, brothers and grandmothers, all of us are losing loved ones to a drug that is being smuggled across the border in droves. It's a parent's worst nightmare, of course, burying a child. And sadly, because of our open border, more and more parents are having to experience that unspeakable tragedy. That leads the American people to ask a very important question. And it is one that we've been asking on this side of the aisle for a long, long time. Where in the world is Secretary Mayorkas on all of this? He is the Secretary of the Department of Homeland Security. It's his responsibility to prevent these harmful drugs from flowing into our country and to secure that border. And he's done nothing of the sort. As we've heard from Border Patrol agents, he's doing exactly the opposite. He's, he's handicapping law enforcement. He's limiting their ability to catch narcotics like fentanyl. He's making it virtually impossible. They say in their own words, and they told us down on the border at Eagle Pass, it's impossible to do the job that they were trained to do. Perhaps the secretary is busy identifying more people on, on the list that he can release on parole. We're going to continue to monitor because House Speaker Mike Johnson. He is now making the case for an impeachment of the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, as he also talks about issues related to the border. We're going to uh, go back, though, right now to that tech CEO hearing where Tom Cotton, Republican senator of Arkansas, is pressing the questions about China and its involvement in these companies, specifically TikTok. Well, it's a, it's a coincidence. It's a coincidence that it you is. were the CFO Senator, that the is. Chinese Communist Party took its golden share in its board seat and the very next day you were appointed the CEO of TikTok? That's a hell of a coincidence. It, it really is, Senator. <laughs> yeah, it is. Okay. And before uh, ByteDance, you were at a, a Chinese company called Xiaomi, is that correct? Uh, yes, I used to work uh, around the world. Where did, where did you live when you worked at Xiaomi? I lived in China, where like exactly, many experts. Where, where exactly? In Beijing in China. How many years did you live in Beijing? Uh, Senator, I worked there for about five years. So you lived there for five years? Yes. Isn't it the case that Xiaomi was sanctioned by the United States government in 2021 for being a communist Chinese military company? I'm here to talk about TikTok. I think, I think they then had a lawsuit and it was overturned. I, I can't remember the no, details. No, no, it, it's another it was company. the Biden administration that reversed those sanctions, just like, by the way, they reversed the terrorist designation on the Houthi Houthis in Yemen. How's that working out for them? But it was sanctioned as a Chinese communist military company. So you said today, as you often say, that you live in Singapore. Of what nation are you a citizen? Singapore. Are Senate. you a citizen of any other nation? No, Senator. Have you ever applied for Chinese citizenship? Senator, I serve my nation I'm in asked, Singapore. I, no, I, I did not. Do you have a Singaporean passport? Yes, and I served my military for two, two and a half years in Singapore. Do you, have any other, do you have any other passports from any other nations? No, Senator. Your wife is an American citizen. Your children are American citizens. That's have correct. You, have you ever applied for American citizenship? Not, no, not yet. Okay. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. Have you ever been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, okay. I'm Singaporean. Let me ask you some hopefully simple questions. You said earlier, in response to your question, that what happened at Tiananmen Square in June of 1989 was a massive protest. 
Anything else happen in Tiananmen Square? Yes, I think it's well documented. There was a massacre. Uh, there was a, yeah. the indiscriminate slaughter of hundreds or thousands of Chinese citizens. Do you agree with the Trump administration and the Biden administration that the Chinese government is committing genocide against the Uyghur people? Senator, I've said this before. I think it's really important that anyone who cares about this topic or any topic can freely express themselves very on simple, TikTok. It's a very simple question that unites both parties in our country and governments around the world. Is the Chinese government committing genocide against the Uyghur people? Senator, anyone, including, you know, you can come into yes, TikTok sir, yes, and talk yes, about sir, this topic I'm asking you, yes, or any sir, topic you that matters to you. You are a worldly, cosmopolitan, well-educated man who's expressed many opinions on many topics. Is the Chinese government committing genocide against the Uyghur people? Actually, Senator, I talk mainly about my company, and I'm yes, here to yes talk sir, about what yes TikTok no. does. Yes or no? You're here, we to give, allow... you're here to give testimony that is truthful and honest and complete. Let me ask you this. Joe Biden last year said that Xi Jinping was a dictator. Do you agree with Joe Biden that Xi Jinping a dictator? Senator, I, I'm not going to comment on any world leaders. What, what? Why won't you answer these very simple questions? Senator, it's not appropriate for me scared? as a businessman to comment on world leaders. Are you scared that you'll lose your job if you say anything about negative about the Chinese Communist Party? I disagree with that. You will are find you content that, that is critical of China on our platform. The next time you go on, are you scared that you'll be arrested and disappear the next time you go to mainland China? Senator, I, you will find content that is critical of China and any right. other country freely on TikTok. Okay, okay. Let's, let, let's turn to what TikTok tool of the Chinese Communist Party is doing to America's youth. Does the, uh, does the name Mason Edens ring a bell? Uh, Senator, you may have to give me more specifics if you don't mind. Yeah, he was a 16-year-old Arkansan. After a breakup in 2022, he went on your platform and searched for things like inspirational quotes and positive affirmations. Instead, he was served up numerous videos glamorizing suicide until he killed himself by gun. What about the name Chase Nasca? Does that ring a bell? Would you mind giving me more details, please? He was a 16-year-old who saw more than 1,000 videos on your platform about violence and suicide until he took his own life by stepping in front of a plane or train. Are you aware that his parents, Dean and Michelle, are suing TikTok and ByteDance for pushing their son to take his own life? Uh, yes, I'm aware of that. Okay. Finally, Mr. Chu, um, has the Federal Trade Commission sued TikTok during the Biden administration? Uh, Senator, I cannot talk about whether there's any are you being, ongoing... Are you currently being sued by the Federal Trade Commission? Uh, Senator, I cannot talk about uh, any potential lawsuits. I didn't say potential, actual. Are you being sued by the Federal Trade Commission? Uh, Senator, I think I've given you my answer. I, I the cannot answer talk is about... no. Ms. Yaccarino's company is being sued, I believe. Mr. Zuckerberg's company is being sued, I believe. Yet TikTok, the agent of the Chinese Communist Party, is not being sued by the Biden administration. Are you familiar with uh, the name Christina Kafara? You may have to give me more details. Christina Kafara was a paid advisor to ByteDance, your communist-influenced parent company. She was then hired by the Biden FTC to advise on how to sue Mr. Zuckerberg's company. We've Senator, been listening to this absolutely crackling hearing on Capitol Hill, Senate Judiciary Committee, grilling tech CEOs. This one particular, Tom Cotton is pressing the CEO of TikTok to, first you heard him, uh, trying to get the CEO to criticize the Chinese government as a way to test whether or not he is truly independent of China. And then uh, most specifically and perhaps importantly for the, the whole content of this hearing talked about 
two Arkansans, 16-year-olds, who died by suicide, the senator saying that it was after they consumed information on TikTok. Uh, we're going to continue to monitor this. It is clearly, uh, again, one we will remember this hearing. The question is whether or not it will have any effect on finally changing or updating legislation. We'll be right back. So what we have here, we have a company that's a tool of the Chinese Communist Hacks is coming back, and so is the official Hacks podcast. With us, your hosts. I'm Paul W. Downs. I'm Jen Statsky. And I'm Lucia Aniello. We're the creators and showrunners. Each week on the podcast, we'll break down the new episodes. We'll also have special guests, cast and crew from the show like Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart. Hacks Season 3 is available to stream now on Max. Be sure to listen wherever you get your podcasts or listen directly on Max. Welcome back to Inside Politics, a very busy day on Capitol Hill. And uh, the tech CEO hearing is taking a little bit of a break. So while they do that, I want to make sure our viewers see what happened maybe about 20 minutes ago. Josh Hawley, Republican of Missouri, pressing the CEO of Meta, uh, Facebook, to address the families who were in the audience many of whom had and have uh, children, family members, young ones who have been hurt or even have died, they say, as a result of the policies or lack of policing by his company. This. Let me ask you this. There's families of victims here today. Have you apologized to the victims? Would you like to do so now? Well, they're here. You're on national television. Would you like now to apologize to the victims who have been harmed by your product? Show them the pictures. Would you like to apologize for what you've done to these good people? So he wasn't mic'd. Uh, you can see people he is, is addressing. They are holding up photos, it looks like photos of their children. And we do have from uh, our Claire Duffy, who is in the room, quotes of what he was saying. What Zuckerberg said was, this is why we've invested so much to make sure that no one has to go through the types of things that your families have gone through. Uh, and then he was asked about whether or not he's going to compensate the families uh, who were affected by the um, lack of policy, or at least policing of their own policy on the platforms, and he didn't really answer that. Uh, Tamara Keith? I said this during the break, but I'll say it on TV. This has echoes of the tobacco hearings from the 1990s that really shifted the American public's perception of cigarettes. Um, and there, there is this power that Congress has, which, when it's bipartisan, when you have a hearing that is this captivating, there are times where a congressional hearing can sort of break through the public discourse um, and, and change public perceptions uh, of the dangers of something with cigarettes or, in this case, with social media. Um, in terms of where it goes from here, Facebook, ha just as an example, has for years, literally years, been saying, regulate us, please regulate us. We'd love to be regulated. Um, and yet nothing has happened in part because they have effectively lobbied to kill anything that could potentially ever affect them. That is such an important point. Listen, what 
what we see here is a public shaming yes. of these CEOs, which a lot of people in this country are very happy to see. And you can see how sort of worked up these senators are in a bipartisan way. But it's pretty clear because these companies have been around for a decade plus now that the self-policing isn't working. Right. And so the question is what's known as Section 230, which is now an antiquated law, the only one on the books that really addresses them, whether it actually is going to be updated and whether it's because these members of Congress don't really understand uh, the, the sort of ins and outs, which I get that it's hard to understand the ins and outs of social media or because it is so complicated or something in between, they haven't done anything yet. And the big question right now is whether there will be consequences like in tobacco where the laws did change. And that was not easy. Now, looking back, you think, of course, cigarettes are dangerous. But at the time, it was very, very difficult. It was an uphill battle to get lawmakers here in Washington to address it. And we don't know if this is even close. Right, and part of what shifted with, uh, you know, tobacco, I mean, in tobacco, if you remember when it first came out, cigarettes, I mean, you would see pictures of pregnant women and yep. smoking cigarettes and doctors uh, smoking cigarettes. Partly what happened is that people died, right? Lots of people died of cancer and all sorts of uh, related diseases. We have testimony from people here. You heard, for instance, uh, Tom Cotton talking about young boys who addicted to TikTok, addicted to social media, and ended up taking their lives because of the images uh, that they saw. I mean, part of this is that Americans themselves have to take some responsibility uh, and raise their own sort of awareness about their own addiction to social media uh, and realize that it does have harmful effects to them uh, and it could be dangerous to kids. Kylie, hold your thought. I know you have lots of them. We're gonna sneak in a quick break. Don't go anywhere. On this very busy day, we've been monitoring Mike Johnson giving his first House floor speak, speech as speaker as he vows to follow Donald Trump's lead and oppose the most substantial bipartisan border security package that has uh, even begun to come together that's been going on in the U.S. Senate. I want to go back to Capitol Hill. Manu Raju is still there uh, and has been listening to the House speaker. Manu, what did he say? Yeah, he actually went after the Biden administration pretty aggressively, attacking them for, he says, it, not taking executive actions that he argues could have dealt with this crisis at the border. The administration has pushed back at those characterizations and said that uh, essentially that Congress needs to change the law. The speaker says not so. The speaker also criticized the Senate compromise, the emerging Senate deal, and called it a so-called deal, said it is not transformation, transformational policy. And that has actually generated a significant amount of pushback across the Capitol among senators, but Johnson may directed a lot of his fire towards the Biden administration and the White House. Listen. We've learned that the Biden administration is now simply just simply releasing 85 percent of the illegals who come across that border right into the country. They're coming to a neighborhood near you. For reference, by the way, if you're watching the metrics in 2013, the Obama administration, listen to this, the Obama administration detained 82% of illegal aliens. How do we go from detaining 82% to releasing 85%? It only happens if this is by design. It only happens if it's an orchestrated, intentional effort by the administration to do exactly that. And that... 
but there's been pushback towards Speaker Johnson from Senate Republicans who say that his arguments about the Senate deal simply are wrong. And in fact, that is what the Senate top Senate GOP negotiator James Langford told me earlier today that the criticisms that this bill would not clamp down on border crossings is simply wrong. The former president calls this a betrayal. Is that a, what do you think of that characterization? It's, it's certainly not a betrayal, actually. We've got to be able to deal with issues in law. That's how we actually deal with things in America. Does he have access to the bill? Doesn't seem that way. It hasn't been released. How does he know it's a betrayal if he hasn't read it? I mean, don't be ignorant. Read the bill. And that last comment is from Senator Cassidy referring to a comment that former President Donald Trump made over the weekend referring to that Senate bipartisan deal as a betrayal. But you're hearing pushback from there, Dana. But nevertheless, that is really driving so much of the discussion, the de debate that is happening behind closed doors. And expect that debate to continue in just a matter of minutes mm -hmm. when Senate Republicans gather behind closed doors to figure out whether to abandon this bipartisan deal altogether because of Trump's opposition and also the Speaker's opposition. The politics yeah. of immigration uh, never cease to amaze, even after all these decades covering the uh, almost getting to a deal to even have a baby step towards revising this very, very broken immigration system. And, and there we go. Manu. Speaker Johnson. Speaker Johnson. Mr. Speaker. Mr. Speaker. Okay. Do you have a second? Okay. He was on the he was on the phone there, Dana. But I tried. <laughs> so. On the on the phone. <laughs> I just did air quotes, by the way. Yes. We all we all know. Yes. Sometimes he, they're not always on the phone, but it's a he, good way he, to avoid you, which he, is he, not he, easy. He, to, in in fairness, he did look like he actually okay. was on the phone. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm just I'm just teasing, uh, Manu. See, that's why we have you there because you never know when the speaker is going to walk by. Uh, we'll talk a little bit later or another time about the very important substance that he was discussing, uh, suggesting that the, the current president can do more with his powers. And as you said, uh, the Republicans in the Senate are saying no. There needs to be a big change. Manu, thanks for all that great reporting. Coming up, we'll talk to a key member of Congress about everything happening on Cap Capitol Hill and also the Middle East. Welcome back. As we've been saying, it is a very busy day on Capitol Hill. House Speaker Mike Johnson addressing the border crisis, senators grilling social media CEOs. The FBI director is there warning about the threat of China. Here with me to talk about all of this, plus the big question of when and how the U.S. will respond to the killing of three U.S. military members in Jordan, Congressman Jason Crow of Colorado, a member of the House Foreign Affairs and Intelligence Committees, and also a veteran of the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, first, I want to start on the other side of the Capitol. I know you've been very busy doing your job, uh, but I'm sure you've heard about the hearing going on, very fiery one, with these social media, these tech CEOs. Your fellow Democrat, Senator Chris Coons, uh, just to give an example of what's happening there, he pressed the CEOs about whether they would support a bill to increase transparency. Watch this moment. Is there any one of you willing to say now that you support this bill? Mr. Chairman, let the record reflect a yawning silence from the leaders of the social media platforms. So, Congressman, the question is, after all of the sort of theater, all of the uh, moments that we will remember for a while, 
Are you all in Congress going to get anything done to actually legislate? Well, I couldn't agree with my friend Chris Coons more. I mean, the lack of inaction and, and, frankly, the lack of care for some of these large companies over the welfare of our children, what's happening with disinformation and misinformation, and how, uh, frankly, social media and the algorithms that drive it are corrosive to the foundations of our democracy. Uh, it is a major problem. Uh, and these entities, these companies, have proven that they're not willing to actually police themselves. And that's why we should have sensible regulation. You know, I'm, I'm somebody that understands that regulation should be right-sized and that over-regulation can tamp down economic growth in some cases, but this is a very clear case of the need for some regulation because industry has not regulated themselves here. Chances of that actually happening anytime soon? Well, I'm not going to handicap the chances of, of passing foundational bills when, frankly, we have a yeah. Republican majority in Congress that literally won't even tell us what they're willing to do to negotiate. And when they do, they, they, they change their mind you know, a month or two later, so it changes uh, all the time. Well, let's talk about uh, maybe what you're referring to here, which is on the issue of the border immigration more broadly. There is this Senate bipartisan border security deal. We heard uh, from the Speaker of the House, now back to uh, the side of the Capitol where you work. He uh, made clear publicly what he has said before, which is that he doesn't think this bipartisan plan is right. We know that that um, decision came after the former president, the leader of the Republican uh, GOP nomination race, says he doesn't want to do this largely because he wants to keep an issue on the table. What do you think the chances are of anything getting past these political realities? Well, that depends on Speaker Johnson and the House Republicans, because Democrats are ready and prepared to make a deal. Right. We understand there's divided government. And when there's divided government, you have to compromise and make a deal. Uh, so what happened in the fall? Let's let's, let's review very quickly how we got here. Mm -hmm. Speaker Johnson came into this seat and he said, the border has to be a part of Ukraine and Israel and national security funding. So he said, OK, let's start those discussions. Uh, and, and, and all of the Republicans in Congress said, we've got to address the border. It's essential. And Congress needs to take action to address the border. You fast forward to today, Donald Trump said, hey, back off of the border. Don't make a deal because he wants to politicize this and he wants to use this as a hit against President Biden in the, in the election. And, and they all now are saying, well, Congress doesn't need to act. We don't need to make a deal. We should back off of it. So they've completely changed their tune. They've done a 180 because Donald Trump has told them to do it. Uh, so they own this now. They own this issue and they own an action because we have said we're willing to deal. The president came right out and said what he's willing to do, which is more than any a Democratic president uh, in, in my lifetime has been willing to do. Mm -hmm. And they just simply walked away. Congressman, I want to turn to uh, one of the issues that's happening in the Middle East, and that is the Israel-Hamas war, and specifically news that negotiators are reportedly agreeing, are close to agreeing on a framework, which would include a pause in fighting. What are you hearing about any realistic path to get this hostage deal done, get the remaining 100-plus, even more, uh, civilians who are inside Gaza, we believe, out. Well, first of all, I have to give a lot of credit to CIA Director Bill Burns, who's just an incredible leader uh, and has led the U.S. discussions 
to try to strike a deal because uh, two very important things that need to happen right now. We need to get the hostages released. We need to get those folks home. And we actually have to protect civilians who are caught in the fighting, innocent Palestinians uh, who continue to die at unacceptably high rates uh, in the fighting right now. So we have to uh, have a pause, a stop to that fighting. The hostage deal, as I understand it, would do those things. It would have a, a pause in the fighting. Uh, it would have a flow of humanitarian aid to prevent starvation and a very real uh, humanitarian catastrophe that we're seeing unfold in Gaza and, and bring those folks home and return them to their families. So uh, I'm pushing this very hard. We have to make sure it happens. Uh, but you know, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, continues to derail this issue. He says he's not going to abide by very essential elements to the deal. Uh, so he really needs to step up and do the right thing here. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So, you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. 